guy. I do apologize in advance. Uh, some people are King James only. Some people are NIV only. Some people are no Bible only. I get it. Uh, but I, I like the English Standard Version. Uh, again, I told you I'm from Boone County, right? I, I, I need, I mean, I'm not the message and amplified guy all the time, but I do need a, a, a broken down that I can understand it. Thousands and these, I didn't talk like that, right, back home. They still don't talk like that back home. Um, but I want to read from you from the book of Acts, uh, the fourth chapter, uh, beginning at verse 8. Beginning at verse 8. That's New Century. I don't want that. All right, verse 8. Chapter 4, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you this well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you builders, uh, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name in heaven and earth given by men, which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated like Don, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come and hang out with Heritage Baptist Church. These really cool people uh, who have a passion to serve you, uh, who Pastor Luke is leading and guiding. And I, I ask a special blessing upon them today. Uh, I know uh, they're, they're dynamic. they got a, a, a lot of kids in this place, a lot, of, a lot of vibrant energy. And I ask you to continue to bless this place, bless them financially, bless them spiritually, bless them emotionally, and bless, bless them physically. Uh, now I ask you to bless this word. May it challenge us, may it change us, and may it point us to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Uh, the title of the message this morning is simply called, I'm Still Standing. Anybody want to sing that song for me right now? No Elton John fans? I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Huh? Y'all heard the Elton John song, I'm Still Standing, right? That's the title of the sermon. I'm Still Standing. I'm still here. Some of you, that's the only testimony you have. Still here. Right? That may, that may be the only celebratory moment you have in your life right now is that you're here. You're still breathing, right? Um, you're still here. But I, that's the title of the sermon. As we read here in Acts chapter 4, let me give you a little backstory of what's going on here. Uh, I want you to know what's happening in Acts chapter 4. But you really need to go to Acts chapter 3, but due to sake of time, we won't jump to Acts chapter 3. But you can go back to Acts chapter 3. Not right now. You can do that tonight in your private Bible time, right before you fall asleep. Is that when you do that? God, I want to read the Bible. 15 to 12. And you get to Jesus said, you're out, right? So sometime in that Bible time, read Acts chapter 3. But this is what's happening. What happened in Acts chapter 3, there was a man who was sitting at the beautiful gate, and he was there every day asking with a cup, asking for somebody to give a donation, asking for somebody to give him silver and gold is actually what he was looking for. And, and every day he would sit there his, nearly his entire life. He sat at that gate, begging. That's just called what it is. He was begging. And we find him one day, and Peter and John is walking by, and Peter looks at him and says, Silver and gold have I none. In other words, I ain't got no money. How many of you ever been there? Some of you are there right now. I got no money, right? But I'll give you what I have, and I'll give you Jesus Christ. He said, Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. I mean, it wasn't no debate. There was no, let's talk about it. Let's not, it wasn't no, let's, let's see how this all plays out for your life. Let's just see how your life has been. Have you been a good boy? 
I didn't get in that. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he reached down his hand and he picked him up. And immediately the man went praising and running and leaping and, and worshiping God. We believe, his theologians believe, Don Kinder believes, he was the first pew jumper ever in the church. Because the Bible said he went into the synagogue celebrating, running and leaping. I don't know about you, sometimes we see people, we see people run and leap. And we want to know if something's on fire, don't we? The house burning down. This guy was running and leaping because his life was dramatically changed. That's what happened in Acts chapter 3. Well, in Acts chapter 4, the religious leaders were angry. They were like, whoa, you don't have the authority. In what authority did you, was this man healed? In, in what power and what name did you use to heal this man? Of course, that's what we read in the scripture today. Peter looked at them and said, hey, this, this is all about Jesus Christ. It's not, we've not done anything. This is Jesus Christ, the very one that you crucified. That's what he said. You crucified this guy. God raised him up from the dead three days later. He is, it's in his name, the power and authority. What I really like about this story is, of course, again, Peter and John's on trial. I don't, I don't know about you, but very rarely do we, 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 we want to convict somebody for doing something good, right? I mean, I don't know about you. If I was laying on a mat my entire life and all of a sudden some man came by and says, Rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. I'm not really care how that worked out before that point. But at that moment in time, my life's been changed. How many would you agree with me on that? I mean, it's a pretty dramatic moment in time. Right? I mean, that, that's a pretty big deal. And, and he wasn't worried about their thoughts, or he wasn't worried about how. All he was is it happened. Well, as they, they're being grilled, they're basically being on trial here, and the religious leaders are challenging Peter and John. And they're asking them, well, how did you do this and how did you do this? What's so amazing is in verse 14, but seeing the man, this is religious leaders, but seeing the man who was healed, standing beside them, they had nothing left to say. The very one that they were challenging Peter and John about, their argument ended when they saw him. And he was still standing. (laughs) He was no longer on a mat. He was no longer with the cup looking for a handout. He was still Standing. So that's the basis of the message this morning. I'm still standing. Just that man is in verse 14 was not much. They could say he was still standing. He was still right there. They could not offer any opposition because he was still standing. The questions they had, the doubts they had, were of very little merit for the man that created all the buzz was still standing. He wasn't laying on a mat. Life is not always fair. We all get thumbs up on that. We're now entering into spring, right? Supposed to be. It's snow. Is it snow Friday? It's snow Friday. Uh, I had four job interviews I had to do Friday. Uh, for some reason, Human Resources put all four interviews in the same day. And they're all uh, virtual, right? I mean, I had, I'm hiring for a position. He's looking for a job in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Just saying. Um, I, I cover the whole country uh, for a marathon and the gas processing side and uh, manage an environmental program. And out of my little office in the Daniel Boone Hotel, it's just me and another guy that sat down there, but um, we manage uh, this environmental program for the whole country. And I'm doing interviews, and I'm thinking, man, somebody didn't show that for an interview. Of course, we figured out why. But I was hungry, right? I was, I was hungry. And I was going to walk to the town center and get sake of Japan. Anyone you like that? Chicken and teriyaki, double meat, fried rice, all that stuff? <laughs> so that's the most... That's the most y'all been alive since I got in this place. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to walk over to, to, to the town center. Well, I mean, it's a little chilly, but it wasn't terrible. And thank God for the Weather Channel app. 
I looked down, I was walking out of the office, and of course it says, warning, snow squall in Charleston in the next 10 minutes. I was like, nah. I said, well, I better grab my keys just in case. So I looked at Jim, my office mate, I said, hey, I'm taking the Jeep, I think. Sure enough, that snow squall hit, right? It hit. Um, but, but I was hungry, and I wanted to go get something to eat. And, and a lot of times we go through life, and we, we're not, we think our mindset is in one direction, and we're supposed to do one thing, right? And sometimes God will quicken us and change us. Sometimes God will enlighten us and inspire us. Uh, but spring is here, even though it's still snowing, uh, and even though it's cold today. Um, your last 12 to 18 months is now behind you. What has transpired, whether it was good or bad or indifferent, is now in the past. Can't change it. Maybe the last year or so was your best year yet. Or maybe it was not what you envisioned. Maybe it was not the perfect year. The relationship, it didn't work out. But it didn't destroy you. The dream job turned into a nightmare. But guess what? It didn't defeat you. The things that happened this year were not ideal. You would have chosen a different outcome. How many of you could go back and choose a different outcome if you could? You could go back in time. 12 months. Just 12 months. I ain't talking about your whole life. Just the last 12 months, you could, I would, yeah, I probably would have done that differently. I would have turned left instead of right right there. We could have changed that outcome. A different result. But you know what? No matter the storm, no matter the wind, no matter how loud it was, you are still standing today. No matter how many tears you have cried, no matter how many screams into a dark sky, is anybody there, you ask? Guess what? You are still standing. Right now, technically, you're sitting, uh, but you're still standing. You're still here. If you have no other testimony, I'm still here, is your story now. You may be weak, you may be tired, you may be aggravated, but guess what? You are still here. You're still here. Like Rocky Balboa. Those movies never get old, do they? I don't. I could watch Rocky movies every day of the week. And if you watch TBS or TNT, they're on like every day of the week. You ever notice that? It's like you turn the channel like seven weeks later and you catch it right where you ended last time, seven weeks later. That 15 minutes you watched it, you get right back to that spot. It's like God's like, hey, I want you to catch up on this, right? But just like Rocky Balboa, you keep getting back up. You are still here. If that's your only testimony, if that's your only song, if that's your only story, then let's celebrate that today, that I'm still here. I haven't made the best decisions. I've messed up. I've tripped. I've fallen. But guess what? I'm still here, and I've gotten back up, and I'm still standing. You may have scars. You may have even been battle-tested. But guess what? You are still here. You're still here. And I want you to know your present circumstances do not determine where you get to go. Your circumstances right now don't determine where you get to go, but they do determine where you're starting from. And maybe your circumstances aren't perfect. Maybe your situation isn't ideal. But guess what? You can start from here to get where you need to get to. You can start here today in the present to get where you have to get to. That's the cool thing. The good news about today is we all now have the experience on a resume from the past. Some of us have more experience than others. Um, if that requires a restart, the good news is we have experience on our side to help. Maybe this season in your life is about maintaining where you are. Then the good news is you still have the same experience in your life to help you. 
You still have the same experience to help you. Here's some things. that I've got four things I want to get through really quickly um, that talks about how do I get from my circumstance of where I am to where I need to be and where God needs me to be in my life. So I want to go through this real quickly, four things. Here's some things we should focus on because we're still standing. We're still here. How do I go from battle-weary to battle-tested? How do I go from barely getting by to thriving in the world around me? I have a few things I want to look at today to help us along this journey. Number one, be an intentional Christian. Be an intentional Christian. If you look up, again, I had a Boone County education, uh, so I learned to use a dictionary, right? I grew up, I grew up, now kids today, this, your dictionary is your cell phone, right? Your encyclopedia is Google. I didn't have that. My grandmother had this uh, Britannica encyclopedias at her house, and when I had to do a research paper, I literally had to go find ABCD, right? I had to find the topic I was looking for. It was alphabetized in this big bookcase, and I would go find that encyclopedia and just pray there was enough paragraphs for Don to write a paper, right? And I couldn't take a picture of it. Can I take Y'all know this. Kids are always going, well, some teenagers here. I never lost my cell phone in school, ever. Didn't happen. Of course, I didn't have a cell phone. But I never lost it. You kids today, I, I hear parents, Johnny lost his, his teacher took his phone. The rule is don't have your phone out in class, right? Johnny must have had his phone out in class. Right? But I never lost my phone. Never lost it. Never lost it. Be intentional. So, so when you look up the word intentional, it means done on purpose. Deliberate. Deliberate. Or relating to or professing Christ. Put the two together. That's what Christian means. Put the two together. A relationship with Christ that is done on purpose. Living for Jesus intentionally. Doing it on purpose. We just watched Final Four. Anybody watch Final Four last night? That, that Duke-North Carolina game was phenomenal. I'm not, a, I'm not a Duke fan. I'm not a North Carolina fan. I'm just a West Virginia fan. Right? And uh, we get our heart broken more than anybody else other than Marshall. Uh, uh, but I, I, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm probably more of a basketball fan than I am a football fan. Uh, I love baseball. Uh, my son pitched four years at the University of Charleston. Um, had a great high school career, great college career. So it was really cool. Um, I'm, I'm a big baseball guy. Uh, he's actually a middle school baseball coach for the West Side. He's a head baseball coach. It's been kind of cool helping him. I'm getting back into the coaching scene a little bit myself and, and inspiring kids. He's got 11 kids, and 10 of them have never played baseball before in their life, ever, ever. He did t-ball, coach pitch, and little league in three weeks, right? And they still don't have any idea what's going on, but they're trying. They're getting better day by day. Uh, but, but, man, I, I watched those games last night, and, and that was actually a really clean game. The refs were letting them play. But I've watched basketball games where they need to call more fouls, intentional fouls, late in the game. When people foul intentionally, they're doing it on purpose, right? You know it. They're down by five points. There's one second left. They're going to sit there and foul you and shoot 100 foul shots. They're intentionally fouling somebody. They're doing it on purpose. I'll never forget my sophomore year in high school, uh, we were playing Dunbar. That's right. Dunbar used to have a high school. It wasn't just a middle school. Dunbar High School. They were really good, too, in basketball, I'll tell you that. Um, we were playing Dunbar at Sherman High School in Dunbar, and, and this kid stole the ball and went in for a layup. And my buddy named Scott Petrie, I think he's a state trooper now, uh, he, he was a football player who played basketball. That's painted the whole picture for you. He tackled that kid. Like, 
Of course, they come up with the intentional foul, right? He fouled him on purpose. He did it intentionally. And I believe we need to live our lives for Jesus Christ on purpose. We need to do it intentionally. We need to be intentional Christians. I'm living for you, Jesus, on purpose. I intend to live for Christ on purpose. I'm going to do it intentionally. Just like basketball, guess what? We need to live for Jesus intentionally. Every aspect of our faith must be done intentionally. It must be done on purpose. Living for Christ is more than a prayer. It's more than attending church. It first starts with a relationship. John chapter 3, uh, we read the story of Nicodemus. Uh, the Bible says Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gave the most powerful message ever preached. I want to, I want to say something about that. There was only one person in the room. The most powerful sermon ever preached, there was only one person in attendance. One. Wasn't preached to thousands. Wasn't preached to 100,000 people. It was preached to Nicodemus. You must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus asked, how do I go back in my mother's womb? Jesus said, this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual thing. You must be born from above. Uh, but that was the most powerful ever. And, and Jesus says, you must have a relationship with me. You want to be born again? It begins with developing a relationship with me. Something was missing in his life. Something was not right. And we've all been there. We've all been at a point in our lives where we needed something more. We knew something was missing. Here's our problem. We have the salvation moment, but what's happened since then? What's happened since we prayed that prayer? What's been our path? What's been our direction? Are we living for Jesus intentionally since the prayer, since kneeling at an altar? What are we doing with that moment? The church is not about disinfecting Christians. It's not. We're the only organization on the planet that celebrates what we don't do. Am I wrong? No, I don't do that. Right? What's the old saying? I don't cuss, I don't chew, I don't run around with girls who do. Right? We celebrate that. That's not me. Living holy. Holy God, I'm holy. Right? We celebrate what we don't do. Man, I don't want to be known for what I don't do. I want to be known what I'm doing for the kingdom of God. I don't want, I don't want people to look at church where well, they don't drink, they don't run around. They don't run. I don't want to be known for what I'm not doing. I want to be known what I'm doing for advancing the kingdom of heaven on planet earth. But the church, there's this mindset that we're here just to disinfect people. This, hey, folks, you didn't come here. This isn't a cow gone bad. How many remember those cow gone commercials? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are lying. Because, I mean, it's one or the other. You can't be like, nah. Some of you say, I'm not raising my hand. How many, how many of you are that person? I'm not raising my hand. See, I just saw you raise your hand. You loose your arms. So when I was a kid growing up, there's these cow gone commercials. And all it was was this woman, and she had the, the, the stove was boiling over, right? She was cooking spaghetti or boiling water. The phone, the, the, the rotary phone, too, you know, it was a rotary. I think it was green. I think it was a green rotary phone on the wall. And y'all, some of you don't know what a rotary phone is. Well, you literally used to have to turn it out. And then you have to wait for it to go back. And then you go. And then you wait for it to go back. And wait for it to go back. Uh, y'all just go. Y'all don't even know numbers now. Y'all just look for a person's name and hit it. Uh, y'all would be doomed if somebody said, what's your phone number? Some of you don't even know what your own phone number is. 
But in this Calgon commercial, this, this lady is, and the dog's barking, and the kids are screaming, and the water's pulling low, and the phone's ringing. She goes, Calgon, take me away, right? And then you see her, she's got bubbles up to her nostrils. And she's laying in this big, massive bathtub. I never liked that commercial because I was a kid, but uh, I thought, man, the, the water's still boiling. Dog's still barking. The kids are still screaming, right? Somebody's, their phone's still ringing off the hook, right? The bath did nothing for you. When you get out and all those bubbles are all over you and your gets closed on, guess what? Everything you just left goes right back into that. You go right back into that moment. The moment doesn't go away. And guess what? Jesus is in the cow gone bath. You don't get to come here for, for an hour every Sunday and just, whoo, get, get your mind off everything. If that's what this moment in time is, we need to talk about that. This is about developing relationship with Jesus Christ. I preached a sermon a few, about a year ago at my church called Leaving the Locker Room. This is just a locker room, right? What happens in the locker room? Instruction and teaching and coaching. You make no tackles, you score no runs, you score no points in the locker room. You just listen to the diagrams. This is preparation for out there. That's all this place is, is a locker room without the smell. That's all this place is. You're preparing for out there. You've got to leave the locker room, though. We've got to leave it. Uh, but living for Jesus Christ, we're not here just to disinfect you. We're not here to put some Lysol wipes on you to make you feel better about yourself so you had a good week. This is preparation. Preparation for the week. Preparation for eternity. That's what today is. That's what today is. No, no, we're wrong. Holiness is a prerequisite of heaven. We have to be holy to get to heaven. The Bible tells us so. But we must quit trying to justify what we don't do. I would rather be known for what I'm doing for the kingdom of God. Church is a place where we learn to make disciples, building a network or community of people that impacts those around us. That's our job, impacting those around us. This building is not the place of impact. It's not. We don't change the world in here. We change the world outside of the locker room. That's where impact happens, outside. God doesn't save us and then place us in a safe deposit box. You're saved, get in that box, boy, and lock you up. No, that's not what he does. Go impact the world. Go impact the world, he says. How do we change the planet? Everything we do in our relationship with Christ should be intentional, whether it's worship. Let's be honest. Our worship is more than a song, right? More than singing a song, more than playing an instrument how we conduct our lives, the very conduct of who we are. Um, and I've enjoyed the worship set, by the way. Very good job. Uh, missed the drums. I know you two drummers were out of pocket today. But, man, good good, good worship. Right? I'm a worshiper. Um, anybody that's ever known me in all my time here at Heritage Baptist, I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I dance. They call me, used to call me Dancing Don uh, when I would come here because I'm the only person to move to the sanctuary. I'm, man, I just can't stand still. Um, just, I, I if you saw me at a concert, I'd be the same way. I'm asking some of y'all be at a concert. You come to church? Right? I don't want to, I want to be where I'm at, wherever I'm at, right? I want to be intentional about what I'm doing. Not for show. I do want to point that out. This isn't about being showy. It's about being open and honest with God. Amen. David danced before the Lord. We're reading Psalms. He danced. Some of y'all are like, what? church yes of course i'm pentecostal i won't lie i'm full gospel so i'm a little different right out of the gate some of you 
Your whole concept just changed for me. But I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I love who I am in Jesus Christ. He is who identifies me. He is my relationship. He is the one that drives me. He is my motivation. Not me. Not me. But how do we change the planet? We do it through our worship. We do it through our service. Sunday morning should, be only, should not be the only time you worship God. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be the only time you worship. We should worship intentionally every single day. If your worship is more than a song or a band, you don't need someone to lead you into worship. We should naturally worship. Our giving should be intentional. Our prayer life should be intentional. Our service should be intentional. Amen. So we need to live intentional lives for Jesus Christ. Number two, we need to create a new normal. Because the, new, the current normal isn't working. It's not working very well. Um, God is describing in Isaiah 29 verse 13. He says this. Pretty brutal verse, but I'll read it to you. Not to condemn you, but just to shed some light on what we're talking about. Isaiah 29 uh, verse 13 says this. And the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is commandment taught by men. In other words, they fear God because that's what they're told to do. They don't fear God because they have a relationship with him. Again, I'm not talking about we should be afraid of God that he shoots down lightning bolts and strikes people down. All right, I'm talking about a fear or awe or reverence. We reverence God. We reverence the creator. Uh, but, but that's what God's talking about here in Isaiah. And I would imagine that his thoughts are no different today than they were then. We are normal people. We spend our time, money like normal people. We live our lives like normal people. We have the same problems as normal people. Uh, we have the same problems with our kids as normal people. Uh, did you know that divorce rate in the church is just as high as it is in the world? It's almost identical. It's almost identical. Uh, normal is not working is what that tells me. It's not working. Normal is not working. We are called to be different, not normal. For normal is not Working. We need to make necessary choices uh, to get us out of the rut and find ourselves. Let's be honest. If small changes would work, we would all make the small changes, wouldn't we? Right? If I told you today, if you shaved your head like me, of course, I don't shave it intentionally. Uh, it just happens. Uh, if I said, if everybody would shave their head, you'll never get sick. You'll never get a headache. You'll, you'll always have money in the bank. You'll never bounce a check. You'll never have a bad day. There'll be a lot of bald people in this place. Some people are like, no, not me. I'm going to live with it, right? Uh, but if small changes would all we needed to make a little tweak, we'd have already done that. But little tweaks aren't always necessary. We need big, dramatic moves to get out of the normal. Everybody get their phone out. First time you've been told that church, I know. Get their phones out. I'm going to ask a few random questions, and you guys are going to be honest. You have to raise your hand. How many of you are dark mode people? You are sinners. <laughs> Dark mode. You don't like brightness, do you? How many of you are bright people? How many of you, when other people see your phone, they go, whoa, because you have as bright as it goes, right? You're the, you want it as bright as it will go, right? How many of you have your phone on silence all the time? How many of you have a ringtone? This is my fight song. Take back my life song. <laughs> right? Some of you just let it ring so you can hear your song. Don't you? I'm not answering it. I like that song. Right? You know what? We, get, we can change all those settings on our phone. We can make it darker. We can take the brightness out. We can make it brighter. We can mute it. We can listen to our fight song. 
right? That motivates us, that inspires us. And we do that on this phone. We get in it, we change our settings. You know what? We can do the same thing in our lives. To create a new normal, you have to change your settings. If you need to be a little brighter, guess what? Make yourself a little brighter. If you need to tone down the music, then tone down the music. If you need to turn your fight song up, your worship, favorite worship song, to inspire you, then guess what? Change the settings of your life. The only way to create a new normal is to change the settings of your life. Now, that's a whole different sermon. Luke will have to bring me back to that one. But how to change the settings in life and what those settings need to be. But if you want to change a normal, the normal. I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, right? And isn't that how we do life sometimes? We just keep doing the same thing repetitively. It's going to get better next week. And you keep doing the same thing. Guess what? You better change your normal. You want a different outcome, you have to change the settings, right? There's an order of operation. This ped mouse, any, any math teachers? Parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. If you do it in, if you do the addition first, your answer will always be wrong, won't it? If you do subtraction first, because it's it's easiest, well, adding's easy, subtraction easy. That division, that's a whole different story, right? If you don't do it in the order of operation, your answer will always be wrong. And there's an order of operation that God has inspired us and challenged us, and some of that's changing our settings. So if you want to get outside of your new, your normal, because your normal's not working, we already talked about that. You got to change the settings in your life. You got to change the settings in your life. Number three, we need to build a community of hope. Build a community of hope. Everybody get a puzzle piece. Everybody take out their piece of the puzzle. If you didn't get a puzzle piece, hate that for you. We can get you. Anybody not get a puzzle piece? Anybody not get a puzzle piece? We don't hate you. We do love you. But uh, we can get you. You got the puzzle piece? If you don't got a puzzle piece, we can get you a puzzle piece. Build a community of hope. Heritage Baptist Church has been brought together from different backgrounds. Having journeyed through different struggles, you find yourselves joined together as one in the body of Christ. You've all had purpose in this church. That's why we have this little puzzle. Again, take your puzzle piece out. You all have purpose in this church. Um, we handed these out. I want to let you know that you're all a vital piece of Heritage Baptist Church. Now, some of you have reminded me that I did this probably 15 years ago, this segment. And you still have your puzzle piece from 15 years ago. Uh, I know Ray does. And, and anybody else have their original puzzle piece? Uh, if you have, you have still got your puzzle piece, right? Well, we're, this is a new puzzle today. Uh, you can add this piece to your puzzle. But you're all a part of Heritage Baptist Church right now. Every piece matters. This was a 300-piece puzzle. It looks like it had Nemo on it and all these little fishies. It was like some aquarium thing, jiggy-wiggy. And now, this piece by itself means nothing. But when we bring all of our pieces together every Sunday, we assemble it. We create something, don't we? We create a picture. We create a community of hope. And that's what Heritage Baptist is supposed to be, a community of hope. So I do challenge you, stick this on your Bible. I have one in my wallet uh, right now. And this was in my hand. I keep one in my wallet at all times to remind myself I'm just one piece. I'm not the most important piece. I'm not the least important piece. I'm part of a bigger picture and a bigger plan. We all are part of a community of hope. If we're going to change our communities, it will be because we gave ourselves to the cause of Christ. I love the story of the older gentleman walking on the seashore, and he looks up, 
And there, this storm had blown in, and there were starfish everywhere all over, this, all over the beach. And he walks up to the, and he sees this little five-year-old boy grabbing a starfish and flinging it back into the ocean. There's hundreds of them, hundreds of them scattered on the beach. And this little boy is just grabbing them one at a time and flinging them back to the ocean. And this old man walks up to that boy and says, you're not going to make a difference. He said, there's too many of them. You're not going to be able to change them. That little boy picks one up. He said, I made a difference in this one's life, didn't I? And threw it back into the sea. And he said, watch me. I'm going to make a difference in this one's life. And he threw it back in the sea. Guess what? It may not feel like we can do much, but we can reach one. And when we reach one, we can reach two. We can change the world. We can make this church a community of hope. And it has been throughout the years. It has been. When the floods hit, I remember coming up here at my church, and we met here, and we went out and assisted and helped clean and, and deliver food and deliver things through this, through this valley. Uh, and it's always been a community of hope. But you know what? We need to make sure it maintains this community of hope. You do not have to be a superhero saving the world to have an impact. Maybe your purpose isn't to be a thrill-seeking story, but maybe you're just to be sunshine to someone's stormy day. A light shining in the darkness. A reached-out hand to someone who needs a hand. Be a part of a community of hope. And number four, number four, again, we're trying to uh, celebrate that we're still standing, but now do something with it. Number four, receivers and reproducers. Receivers and reproducers. We, by nature, are receivers, yes or no? We want. I got a T-shirt at home. I wear it Christmas time. So said, this guy loves gifts. I do. I like, how many of you like presents? I like presents. I'm going to go, I mean, I stock them up, man. I'll open them. I love it. Um, but we're, we naturally, we just want to receive. We want to receive all the time. And the Bible actually is counter that. It doesn't say we can't receive, but it also says once you receive something, you're supposed to reproduce. Right? Jesus spent uh, three and a half years with 12 men. And one of them obviously uh, betrayed him and Judas. But three and a half years he spent with those 12 men, investing in their lives, teaching them, instructing them for that moment in time when he was no longer be with them. And, and we go through those three and a half years, and of course Judas betrays him, uh, but the other 11 are still there. And he tells them in Matthew chapter 28 to go into all the world. Make disciples. Reproduce. Those three and a half years I've given you, reproduce that. Reproduce that. And we were called to be receivers and reproducers. He, he invested in their lives. And to make an impact in the world they lived. It worked. We read in Acts chapter 4, 13. We read that in our scripture today. They had been with Jesus. And what they said about Peter and John in the original text we read this morning, they could tell they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. What an impact. That's the difference. When you've been with Jesus, it's not about you now, but it's about who you know. Once you truly know him, you no longer ask, what is he saying? You now ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do? So many times with God, we ask God, what are you saying, God? God said, I just want you to respond. Go do. Go do. Go be. Be intentional. Go live. He has called us to reproduce. Enjoy his grace and extend his glory. After spending his earthly ministry, these men in Matthew 28, he told them, go reproduce. Go reproduce. And since we're still standing, I'm challenging you to live a life intentionally for Jesus Christ. Specifically, audaciously. Yes, a Boone County boy knows that word. I spelled it right too. For Christ. Leave normal behind and dive into this community of hope here at Heritage Baptist Church. 
and start reproducing what God has invested inside of you. You and I only have so much time on this planet. During these years, we are bombarded with temporary. Make money, get stuff, be comfortable, live well, have fun. Some of you got all different orders, but that's typically the path. In the middle, we all get blinded to eternal. We get so caught up in the rat race that we forget that eternity awaits us. That there is a, an afterlife. That there is somewhere else to get to. And one day we'll all stand before God and give an account of our lives. And when that day comes, I'm sure we'll not wish we had more money or acquired more stuff or taken more vacations. Not that I'm against vacations. Uh, instead, we will wish we had given more of ourselves to help change the planet for Jesus Christ. I preached a message back in 2007. It's called Falling Down is Easy. Getting up's the hard part, right? We all fall down. Getting back up is the hard part. I want to encourage you today that falling is not the end of your story. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you're still laying. I'm here to tell you today, that's not the end of your story today. You can move past that. You can raise back up. Failure is not final. When you turn to Christ in true repentance, so Heritage Baptist Church, I challenge you to change the world together. Let's set individual goals and let's some Set some Heritage Baptist Church goals. Goals to change us as individuals and also to change our community, to change our planet. You know, again, I grew up in the, I was born in 71, so 70s, late 70s, 80s guy, right? I still love 80s music. I got 80s on 8 on my satellite radio. If I'm not listening to Christian music, I'm listening to 80s music. My kids don't like it. Uh, my grandbaby is in the nursery, and uh, I, I started singing Leah theme songs. You know, when she was in the womb, uh, I would sing uh, uh, the Aladdin theme song. What was that the name of the song? A Whole New World. I would sing that to Leah. And when she was first born, that's how I would sing her to sleep. I would sing A Whole New World to, on a magic carpet ride, right? Uh, and then probably about six months ago, I started singing Warrant to her. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, uh, when I See You Smile is now our theme song. And when, she, when she's messed up, when she's angry, and when she's frustrated in the car, I mean, Hannah will say, I turned Warren on, and that's put... She just quits. She just, right? Um, but, but growing up in that decades, in that, that time frame, there was a toy. They're hard to find now. They were called Weeble Wobbles. Anybody remember Weeble Wobbles? Remember the theme song? They weeble and they wobble, but they don't fall down, right? And, and I think God is calling us to be Weeble Wobbles. We're going to weeble. There's going to be unsettled days. There's going to be days where a little... But you know what? We're still standing. And we're going to wobble a little bit in this thing called life. But you know what? When he is the counter, when he is the weight that we're planted to, when he is the, 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 the gravity that we're attached to, we might weeble, we might wobble, but we're not going to fall down. So I want to encourage you that day. Maybe you've been weebling and maybe you've been wobbling. Guess what? You won't fall down with Jesus Christ when he's the foundation that you got your life into. So I do challenge you. Quit playing the hokey pokey with Jesus. Okay, some of you can put your right foot in, or not, uh, left foot. Some of you just put your right foot in and you shake it all about, right? Jesus said, I want to put your whole self in. Put your whole self in. And if you want to get Pentecostal and shake it all about, that's fine. Uh, but give all yourself to God and allow him to change your life forever. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Heritage Baptist Church. 
Thank you for this moment in time uh, where we can come and laugh and learn from your word. We, I pray we've been encouraged today. I pray we've been challenged. Lord, I, I pray that we live for you intentionally. Uh, I pray that, that we, we become a community of hope here at Heritage Baptist Church, as they always have been, but I pray it'll be brighter and, and the reach will be farther. Uh, Lord, just, just ground us in you today. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody keep your heads bowed and eyes closed real quick. Uh, we're going to sing a song here in a second, but I, it's been a while since I've been here. A lot of new faces in this place. Uh, I do have to ask, uh, where are you with Jesus Christ? One of the greatest uh, decisions we ever make is what will I do with Jesus? And so I ask you today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you just want me to pray for you, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to point you out, but we'll come back and grab you. You just want me to pray for you and say, Don, pray for me. Just raise your hand up and down real quick. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Don, just pray for me. Anyone else? Maybe you're here and your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. Um, kind of cold, kind of indifferent, and you're nowhere in there. You know you're not where you're supposed to be. You are still standing. You are still here, which means you still have time. But you know you're not really where you need to be, and you want prayer. Would you raise your hand up and down real quick? I see that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. And maybe you're here today, and you are a Christian, and everything's perfect, and, man, you're on your road to heaven, and, and there's no distractions going on in your life. But you know what? It's been rough. It's been a rough season. Uh, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough decade. And you just need prayer. I, I need encouraged. I need I need the hope of Jesus Christ to be restored in my life. Would you raise your hand up and down real quick? We see that hand and that hand and that hand and that hand and that hand. God bless you all. God bless you all. You can look up now. We're going to stand. Sing a couple. Uh, sing this chorus.